Tov, good moed, good fifth day of the Omer. Uh, today's daf is Memchet, 48, almost a number of days in the Omer. Anyway, we pick up on, <laughs> on the middle of Memzayin Amud Bet, and we're in the middle of an interesting question of, can somebody marry a woman, a man marry a woman with a milve, not by waiving the loan, but by essentially giving her back the money she owes him, but that money is only now an abstract debt. Um, and then that led to a question of milve lehotsani. Now, maybe you can't even do it, even if the cash is still in her hands, the original money that he still lent her, but that's no longer considered his money. As soon as he gives it over, maybe that's, con- that's hers, and she just owes him money now. And the Gemara has been arguing, even though there seems some, as a, there's some ton of debate about this, but in order to defend the position of, whose position was this, by the way, Rav? Yes, Rav. Um, the Gemara has been arguing that everybody agrees and at the most there's a debate when that loan becomes actually, when she actually takes possession of that money. Um, you know, um, to be fully obligated and he can't retract and so on. And that's considered her money and now it's just an abstract debt. Whether it's as soon as the money is handed over or only once she starts using it. Okay? And then the Gemara says, well, what would be the ramification of that beyond the question about marrying a woman? You know, when it's considered to be that she's taken possession. So, first the Gemara had two nafkaminas. One nafkamina would be um, if some accident happens to the money, a wind comes and blows it out of her hand. Whose money was it that just got lost? And the other question would be whether he can uh, change his mind and ask for the money back. So the Gemara said, actually, everybody should hold, even if she doesn't take possession of the money until she starts spending it, everybody would hold that she's liable for losses immediately. Just like when you lend an object, the person doesn't take possession, I lend you my car, you don't own the car, it's still my car, but as soon as you take, uh, you know, not ownership over it, but you, you take it under your control, you become a borrower and you're liable for losses. So here too, as soon as the money is handed over, then she becomes a borrower and she's liable for losses, even though it's a, even if we were to say that it doesn't become her money until she begins to spend it. So the one nafkamina besides marrying, marrying her with that money would be um, whether you can ask for it back and retract. Now, by the way, that's not logical that you should be able to do that either, right? If I lend you my car and you sign the contract and you take the keys, right, it's still my car, but I can't ask for it back during the t- period of, of, of of, of, uh, of the contract so anyway but the, so you could have said the same here it, maybe you don't it doesn't become your money yet but maybe I can't retract once I handed it over anyway let's see what the Gemara says so that's where we pick up uh, yes you just said something that really is clarifying are we assuming that all these scenarios let's say I have a show ale yeah there's always a written contractual no agreement. no so I'll pay right yeah so yeah I mean I was using contract in a contemporary sense but yes it doesn't matter it becomes a binding uh, agreement. Oh, right. right. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. Um, okay. So, um, it's exactly opposite from the Tosos to Chulei Alma, and it's word Beinayu. So here, the Gemara says, so, um, so, uh, so certainly you'd be liable for losses as soon as the money was handed over, but the question when it becomes your money is, you know, is the question about whether the owners can retract. Um, and that's the issue. So, okay, so that's what it says. Ella, um, where is it? Ella, El, well, I just lost my place again. When does it become your money, Lechazara, you know, or excuse me, the original owner's money, when is it still the original owner's money, Lechazara, to allow them to still retract? That would be the question. Immediately, or only once the money begins to be, uh, um, um, that they can't retract immediately, or they can't retract only once the money begins to be spent. And 
And it would be a similar question of marrying a woman with that money when it stops being the original owner's money. Okay, so according to that, that which Rav Huna says, if you borrow a hammer from me, once you start banging with it, you own it. Meaning, you know, we'll see what own means because it's still my hammer. I'm sorry, an axe. Excuse me. I don't know why I said it. Right, 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 right. It's a good point. Yeah, I'm sorry why I said that. Okay, yeah, okay. An axe. But wait a minute. You don't dig with yeah, an no, axe. That's why it's weird. Cardinal Nachborbo, right? That's a freak out. No, uh, no, wait, wait, wait. wait. How do you say a hammer in modern Hebrew? Patish. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, anyway. So, okay, an axe. Yeah. What? Yeah. A spade? A spade or a hole. A hatchet. Here, the verb indicates that... That you're chopping wood. Okay, fine. All right. So we got... Okay, so you borrow an axe. Thank you. Pikabo, once you start chopping with it, you take possession of it. Low pikabo, before the borrower takes start chopping, low no, he does not take possession. Now, it obviously is... Obvi- yes. It obviously is owned by the original owner. So what does take possession mean? So we think take possession means the question about um, both, maybe both of these two things, right? When does he become liable for damages um, and uh, whether the original owner can uh, go back on the transaction, okay? But let's at least focus on Chazara going back on the transaction, which is what we just sort of said was the debate here um, around, you know, around the lending of the money. So Gemara says, So are we going to say that this issue about, what do you call it, about, about retracting is really, the, you know, this statement, excuse me, of Rav Huna is really only one position of a debate of Tanayim, because by the money we're saying, you might not take, there's two opinions when you can go back on it. Either you can't go back immediately or you only can't go back once the money is spent, right? And here we're saying that uh, Rav Huna is saying that you uh, you only can take possession once you start using it, which would be the parallel of the money being spent. Yes? Is cool. Yes. Yeah. What, uh, does, does, do you pay for this hatchet? When no, you you, you're a borrower. You, you, yeah, yeah. You're not a renter. You're a borrower, right? Okay, and that's why you're fully liable for any losses. So if Rafuna says you only take possession, which we're assuming means the owner can't retract, right? Once you start using it, okay. But we actually said that there were two opinions about that in terms of a loan, whether it was immediate or once you start using it. So is he only saying like one of those opinions? Is he only saying like one of those opinions of the Tanayim? says low. No. Thank you. The only debate is with a loan. The whole point of the loan was to spend the money and give back different money. So there you could say that as soon as the money is handed over, it stops being the original owners. Because the whole point was you're not, you know, you're giving up on this particular money and, you know, it's going to be different money you're getting back. So as soon as it leaves your possession, that's it. You're done. Okay? Um, But by lending an object to Hadra Be'ena, that you're going to get back the object itself so you're the original owner's possession of that or you know is you know is still present I mean and even after the guy really does you know is an official borrower you still own the object and you're giving the object back in that case you could say you could say that everybody would agree in that case that it's only once you start using it because my sense of ownership is greater now by the way Tosus points out which you would expect because of the logical comparison or whatever not necessarily but anyway, Tosus points out that in terms of Chayev Ba'onsin, okay, because we said, we said two things, right? We said here, we said, right, if you're giving money, right, so if you're giving money and it's a loan, right, so we said Chayev Ba'onsin was, was immediate, 
Okay? And Chazara was a debate whether it's, you know, one position is immediate and the other, or and the other position is only when start spending. Okay? Now, here we're talking about a, about a, uh, a hatchet, okay? She'ela. A hatchet. Let's trust. Tell me to do a hatchet. I don't know. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so we said that here it's only when you start using. All right? So the Gemara says that makes sense because even the position of immediate, that's only when you're dealing with cash that the whole thing is you basically are giving up that, those dollars and getting different dollars back. But something that's by an actual object, everybody would agree it's when you start using it. Okay? The only reason that here is they say immediate, and that's basically the way we him, by the way, you know, which is immediately as it's handed over, like that's only because you basically are giving up in the actual cash. But how about the issue of Chayv Ba'onsin? So remember, how did the Gemara say, why did the Gemara say Chayv Ba'onsin was immediate? Because it said this is no different than lending objects, right? Remember the Gemara said that? Here, of course, it would be immediate because when you lend objects, the obligation comes immediately, even though obviously you're staying in possession of the object, but the person becomes obligated immediately. So here, although the Gemara doesn't say it, Tosus points out that the same is true by, 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 by you know, by the hatchet, because that's where we're learning it from. So as soon as you, it gets under your control, as soon as it gets under your physical control, you're liable for any damages. Whether I can still back out, how much do I still have my hand on it, that I can still back out, here maybe I still have my hand hand on it until you start using it but here maybe I give up my sort of sense of holding on to it right away because I'm going to get different money back okay and that's immediately we mean when I like lift it up yes yeah as soon as I hand it over right okay alright so now so now let's so the Gemara now continues let's take a look um, okay now let's say this issue of Mikadish Bimilva. So now we're done with this comparison and this at the backing to, to, to the hatchet and to Sha'ila, these two issues about retracting and liable for damages. Okay, and we're back to the basic idea that Milva Lahutsa I give you the money, it's your money now, it's not my money anymore. I can't marry a woman with it after I've given it over as a loan. And that's Rav's position that you cannot be Mikadish Bimilva. Now the Gemara wants to say, you know what, maybe that's a debate of tonight, whether you can marry a woman with a loan. Name it with money she owes you. Okay? Uh, name it tonight. Let's say this is, be- this is a debate of Tanayim. Um, he's Kaddishli Bishtar Chov. Uh, a man says to a woman, marry me with this, uh, this document of, uh, of debt, with this uh, IOU. Um, oh, or other people owe me money. Um, and I basically authorized you to collect it. So I transferred the debt that other people owe me to you. Okay, you the woman. So what's the halacha? She's married. She's not married. Now, certainly the second case, I transfer a debt to you, that's an object of value. It might be an abstract object, but it's certainly an object of value, right? So what should that debate be about? Okay, but before we even get there, you said I'm cutting you with the hana that you're getting, or the you know presumed right. benefit you're getting from collecting the debt. Like, you said, like then that would be something. But if you're just giving her a piece of paper, 
It's just like uh, transferring the stock hole. Yeah, but, it, but, all right, well, we could talk about it, but it sounds like in the case where I say I am authorizing you to collect the debt, that what I'm benefiting, that what I'm marrying you with is that thing that I've just given you, the authority to collect the debt, right? And that would seem that that's an object of value. I'm, I'm not marrying you with the money of the debt. I'm right now giving you the authority to collect the debt, and he's Kaddish me with this. So anyway, we'll see about it in the Gemara, okay? But yes, you could uh, here as well distinguish between are you being Kaddish with the thing of value that was given, or with the money that has yet to be collected, okay? But anyway, that's the second case when you're giving over a, a lo- loan, own, money owed to you. But the Gemara wants to focus on what's the first case, where it says as you give her the IOU. Whose IOU are you giving her? An IOU that somebody else has to you? Well, that's already the second case. Exactly. It sounds like it's the IOU. So the Gemara is going to say it might be the IOU that of money she owns you owes you. And then we're to, into the case of Makadish Pemilva. So let's take a look. So the Gemara says, Hi Starchov Hechidami. When you give her over, there's got to be a better word for uh, for Starchov than IOU. Okay. Anyway, that document, that creditor document or that loan document. What's the case? If it's other people owe you money and you have it in a document. That's the second case of giving her over a debt that's owed to you. It must be that it's the document that she owes you money. Okay? So, the, all right, let's take a look. We'll take a look. And it sounds like at least the first case, we'll figure out what the second debate is about, because that's marrying her with other people's money. Um, but, the, but the first case sounds like it's a case of she owes you money, and we see that there's a debate whether that works. Okay? So the Gemara says no. Which, by the way, makes sense, right? It would be bizarre that they would be arguing about two different cases because there's different, different logic why the issue about marrying her with her own debt and marrying her with somebody else's debt. And there's a debate. So it seems like I would more be inclined to say this reading, that they're really debating fundamentally the same type of category, other people owing you money and transferring that. So that's what the Gemara says. No, the first case actually is a, 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 is a document of debt that other people owe you. Okay, so Olam says to the Gemara, Starchov Dacherim. So what's the difference between case number one and case number two? The difference is, is there a document or not a document? In one case, you hand her over the document uh, that somebody else, Ruve, owns you mon- owes you money. Here's the document. You go ahead and collect it. Which now really you would think she should be Mikudeshes. You've given her a physical object that has a market value. Why should she not be Mikudeshes? The second case, it's all abstract. Okay, but at least we're fundamentally dealing, you're handing her over a debt that's owed to you. So now let's understand what that debate is about. So what's the debate when there is a document? Why, why should that not be good? The, the debate of Rebbe and the Rabbanan. So how do you transfer a document of debt? Okay, um, so that's called otiot, like, you know, like letters. Like you're not, you know, you're not actually giving her the money, you're giving her the right to collect the money, and it's sort of articulated in this document. So it's funny that that's referred to as otiot. How are you, how are you kone the letters. How are you calling not the piece, piece of paper, but the rights that are implicit in this document? Okay? So one answer is Vimisira, by handing over the, the physical document. That transfers it. Okay? One, you know, there's a question about supporting documentation to prove that this person now has legally purchased this and hasn't just found a Starchov. But anyway, okay, by handing over it. Divei Rebbe, that's what Rebbe said. Whether you wrote out 
supporting documentation, I'm transferring my loan to Ruvain, but you haven't given him the document, or Bain Shemusavilokasav, you gave him the document without the supporting documentation, okay, Lokana, um, um, Ruvain does not take possession of the debt, until you both write out the document, the, you know, identifying him as the new creditor, and handing over the document. Okay, so there's a question, how do you take possession? So the case would be that you handed over the documents, but you didn't write the supporting documentation. And that's why there's a question whether the woman is married or not. Mar Ithle de Rebbe, one old like Rebbe, which is that you need, um, that you need, um, that only handing over the document suffices, so that would say Mikudeshet, um, because that's all you did, you handed her the star. Umar Lately de Rebbe, another one doesn't hold the Rebbe and says, no, you didn't, she didn't take full possession of the debt yet. Now that's funny, because then they're really not debating a question about Kiddushin. They're debating, like you could have said, if you give a woman a ring and you only pick it up one tefach and not three tefachim, right, is she Mikudeshet or not? Like, then it's not a debate about Kiddushin. It's a question about how you take possession of it. Anyway, that's one thing the Gemara is saying. They're not really debating Kiddushin, they're debating whether she's taking possession of the, not the physical document, but of the debt that's in the document. Yes. Is it impossible to explain this case, the Stachov, that meaning he owes her money? And he's saying that this Stachov, that I owe you, I want you to be Kudesha to me. How is he? Because when I repay you back, that's $200. I want this to no, be, not, do anything. No. A, it's not being Makadisha with the Stachov, and B, then it's giving her money. That's how could you be Makadisha with money that's uh, always hers? Anyway, it's not. Okay, so now the word says, Ebay Sam, if you want, you could say, Everybody rejects Rebbe. You need both to hand it over and to write. The debating Rav Papa. Okay? Because what you did is, you did write her, you did hand it to her, and you did write supporting documentation. But the question is, did you write the documentation in the right way? Okay? The Amar of Papa, because Rav Papa says, If you sell a, a, a debt in a, in, a, in, a, in a written document to your friend, in a document of loan. When you write the supporting documentation, you hand over the loan document, but what do you, how do you identify him as the new creditor? What you write is, Take possession of it and all of the liens that come with it. So you have to write that. And if you don't write with all of the liens that come with it, he doesn't really take possession of the debt. So Mar Papa, one holds a Papa, and therefore, and Papa, one doesn't hold and says you don't need to write that. So again, it's a very non-Kiddushin debate. Okay? It's a, you gave her the document with the supporting documentation, the star with the supporting documentation, but you didn't have a line in the document. So what is else? You have to take possession. You didn't have the right line. And that's says, well, you don't need that line. Okay? So anyway, a very side debate. The Ebay Seima, if you want, you could say, we're still going to stay within this, that it's really not about Kiddushin. We'll have one answer that's a little bit about Kiddushin. Okay? Everybody agrees with her, Papa. You needed to have that line in it. And you have that line in it. So you ha- gave her the Starchov. You gave her the supporting documentation. It had the right line in it. Take possession of the debt and of the liens. Okay. So what's the debate? You gave her a physical object of value. What's the debate? The debate is Shmuel. The Amar Shmuel, Shmuel says, So we're using this as an opportunity to deal with every single debate that exists relating to selling the Starchov. Okay. So you sell a Starchov to your friend. So the Chazer Machlo Machul. Now, if I go ahead, I sell Michael, duh, you know, Dove Louis here owes me $1,000. I sell to Michael discount, only $800, because I'm not sure I'm ever going to get him to pay up. Okay, so, <laughs> $800. And I give you over the document, and I write, Okay? Now, I go afterwards, and I say, Dove, want to get out of the $1,000, yo, Michael? 
give me 50 bucks. You give me 50 bucks, I say, I'm mochel the debt to you. Okay, and now Michael can't collect. What, what's the logic of that? The logic is that there's a difference here between, okay, how do you transfer a debt? Because the debt is, is it seen as a personal obligation. You got the money from me, you owe me the money. How does that become an abstract thing? It's not a physical object, it's a personal debt that you owe me. By the way, if, 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 the, if, the, lo- if, if the borrower dies and he doesn't leave over any land, I can't collect from the heirs. Why, what's the logic of that? The logic of that is, is because... Flush bank account. Yes, because the logic is, is because it's a personal obligation. It's first and foremost a personal obligation, right? And if there is a way that it doesn't relate to the person himself, it's because there are liens on the land. So if the person dies, at least if there's land, I still have the liens on the land. Okay, but here's the but if basically I what do I transfer to Michael? Am I able to make Michael me now? He directly owes Michael the money, or no? What I say is he still owes me the money. You know what I'm transferring to you? One of two things. Either what I'm saying is that I'm having like a, um, what's it called? Not an automatic deposit, but an automatic transfer. So by giving it over to you, what I'm saying is, or you, I'm sort of making you my power of attorney slash yes, automatic transfer. So once you have the right to bring him to court, and once he pays up, it's sort of, you're collecting my debt, it goes to you, but through me. Okay? Or the other way of understanding it is that what I'm basically transferring to you is the liens, but not really the debt. Okay, that's the Either way, if he still fundamentally owes me the money, I could be mochel the money to him. I could be mochel. And now there's nothing left for you to collect. Now the question is, you're, you're going to want to take me to court and sue me for damages. So that's a debate in the Gemara about Don Dine de Garmi. Because I only indirectly caused you a loss. I didn't directly break an object of yours. But maybe you might be able to sue me for damages. But that's separate from the question of whether I have still the power to annul the loan. And Shmuel says, I have the power to annul the loan. So you can't abstract it like that. Right, you can't really fully transfer so it. Kind of Banks had known more. this Gemara. Yeah. Yeah. The housing market would not have crashed into that. <laughs> <laughs> no, the whole thing was... Yeah, but of course the whole economy would be different if you couldn't really transfer loans. By the way, Tosus has a different explanation, a less conceptual one. If you take a look at Tosus, Tosus says, Tosus says, Here's why it works. I mean, it's sort of similar, but it's, it's saying like it's not conceptual. It's saying like there's no do- right to way of transferring a debt. It's only rabbinically... Uh, well, no, 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 because it's an abstract thing. You can't tran- really... So it's only rabbinically that Michael owes, owes the debt. Okay? And therefore, the do- right the level is still always present. Okay, so it's a similar idea, but the thing I said was I think a, more con- a nicer conceptual way of understanding. Fundamentally, Dove still owes me the money, and you just now have the right to somehow collect and pocket it. Okay, so Shmuel says, Even an heir can, meaning, even if the guy, the original creditor is, has died, and he left behind an heir, right, this is the interesting thing, because the personal obligation does go to the heir, right? So, the heir now has the right to annul the debt. It's a little ironic, right? The, 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 the debtor dies without liens, and the heirs don't have an obligation to pay off. But the creditor dies, and the money's still owed to the creditor's heirs. Just that's an interesting asymmetry, by the way. Anyway, but even the heir can go ahead and annul the debt. 
Now, how is that relevant? So I go ahead and I marry this woman with this money that other people owe me, and I give her the starchov, and I totally transfer the debt. Is it work? And here's why it might be a kiddushin issue. She does owe the debt, own the debt, but and the debt has a market value, even acknowledging Shmuel that I have the power to annul it. That affects the market value, but there still is a market value. Okay, but the question is, even though it's a market value, you might have this issue called lo sam chadaita, right, which we've had before, right, which is that she's not feeling confident about the object you gave her, and therefore that might prevent it from working as kesef kiddushin. Okay, so let's take a look. Demar isla de one holds like shmuel, and therefore says that it's not really a good object to marry with. She doesn't feel confident that she'll be able to collect. Umar because I can still be mochel, right? Which is funny. It still has a market value, but nevertheless, if she's not feeling confident, that somehow prevents it from working. Which Umar and when the other one doesn't hold like it, and therefore she would she, she would always be able to collect, and it's good for Kesef Kiddushin. Yeah, I would have, is this at all relevant? I would have thought that discomfort would come also from something else. So you and Makadesh, this woman with uh, IOU with a bond, yeah, yes. But there's always a suffix whether you're going to really get the money. Yeah, but that's different. That's so almost an angst. Yeah, I understand, but that's different because you know, again, I think it's a similar question because you know any of those concerns translate into the market value, but it still is worse a pruta. But I think there's still a difference when you're fully in control and you understand that that's a risk that you're taking, right? And that um, and that you still got something of real value as opposed to something that's a random event. It could become worthless, and I can't control that, right? So yes, it's a certain risk. I understand that there that risk that affects the market value but there's a complete random event out of my control that I can't expect and whatever so have I really feel but it's interesting because bottom line is and this is why the question about is Kiddushe Kesef of Isha the same as other Kiddushe Kesef like who really cares that you have this anxiety you, you got something of market value and you could turn around and sell it to somebody else for about the same amount so who really cares if you feel confident or not so I think it's interesting this Sam Chadaita idea no, uh, yeah, that's also a good question. Well, when you look at it case by case. Anyway, let's take a look at the next case. So the Gemara says, Ebay statement, if you want, I could say, Everybody holds up Shmuel. And the question is by a woman, meaning Rashi says that actually what I just said is true is not you specific to Kiddushin. That if I were to give it to a, uh, use it to, to buy a field, everybody would agree it would be no good to buy a field. Because the person who I transfer the debt to says, this guy might, might annul the debt and I'll be left empty-handed. So it does not count enough as kesef because of that anxiety around whether, uh, right? But by, for, for buying a field, everybody agrees it would not work. The only question is, maybe it works by Kiddushin. Why should Kiddushin be different? Because, no, no, no. The case of a woman, and not just a woman, the woman who's becoming your wife with this money, she does not have this anxiety. Why does she not have this anxiety? Because, You know what it means for him to be mochel the debt? He's, pref- he, he's preferring, you know, doing something nice for that other guy and robbing me of this object of value. So at least, at least when she's first getting married, she, she's not afraid of that. What happens to the relationship after? 
afterwards, I can't tell you, okay? But at that moment, she feels confident that he is not going to double-cross me and, you know, do a favor to that guy and make me lose out. So, comes to romantic love. Exactly. Romantic love. Okay. Um, Omar Sever, no, even when they're getting married, she's not sure what he's going to do with it. Okay. But actually, again, what's interesting is that Rashi says that, according to this, everybody would agree to buy a field from a stranger, right? He says, ah, I don't know, tomorrow he'll turn around and be mochel and it would not work as kesef. So it's quite interesting that something could have a clear market value and nevertheless not operate as kesef because of this anxiety around it. Okay. It might have to do combined with the fact that it's abstract, right? If I actually gave you a physical object of market value with some type of similar anxiety, I wouldn't can't figure out what the case would be. Presumably, that definitely would work, okay? But this is just an abstract thing that we're considering as Kesef. So to consider this abstract thing as Kesef with this anxiety around it, it might not work. What? When we talk, when we talk about holding by Shmuel and not holding by Shmuel, do we mean that a smicha dot by everyone else? Or does it mean that... No, debating whether it's true, whether the whether the original creditor can be mochel. Okay, so that's so. What's the debate by? Can you marry a woman with a, a written IOU that other people owe you a debt? Uh, a, you know, a document of debt. So mostly it's a debate around what you hold about documents of debt and how exactly you take possession in certain details. It's really not a debate about kiddushin. Okay, that's question number one. Okay, yes. Why would this Torah, the Talmud, create a system with this concept? Right, right. It's completely impractical. Now you know. Now, if you back that up with a dandini de garmi, with a type of a damages that you can sue for, hopefully it'll limit the cases about this. But it's still highly inefficient and impractical. Why allow it to work and then allow somebody to sue for damages, right? As opposed to just not allowing it to work, right? And and obviously, and I mean, you know, I'm not an economist, but I I do understand that what that you know the that economy really is able to grow when you're able to sort of transfer, you know. Di- you know, credit and so on, right? So, so this makes it a very inelastic economy, right? That, like, who's really going to be buying up debt and so on? It's personal, so, like you alluded to. Yes, uh, right, right. And it, you know, and it reflects, you know, obviously a, a, an economy that's much more originally agrarian, you know, and not commercial, and, you know, you know, and is more personal rather than whatever. Com- anyway, but, yeah. All right, so now the commercial says like this. Okay. Um, what do they debate when it's an oral loan, whether you can transfer that? Okay, so the Gemara says, because that may be all the problems with the written document should be by an oral loan plus possible other ones. So the Gemara says, They debate Rav Huna Marav. Rav Huna Marav. So, here Michael owes me money. And I say, Michael, you know that $100 you owe me? Give it to David. Okay? And we're all three standing here. So, kinda, so now David owes the money. Owns the money. I can transfer something if we're all three present. It's a special Kenyan that the Chazal gave us. And by the way, Tosa says that in this case, you wouldn't have to do any of the things we discussed before. You wouldn't, first of all, in that case, Tosa says, and this solves a little bit of the problem, that I can't be mochalit. If I took, because Did that's just the way they were metaking Mamad Shlashtan. Because it basically can be seen as that I put David in my place. I'm not just transferring the debt. 
I'm making David my substitute. We're all here. I'm going to step away, and David's going to move into where I am, and he's going to be me now. Okay? If you conceptualize it... Exactly. Exactly. I'm out of the picture. Okay? So therefore, if now it works fully, if my Mishlashan, and that's how I transfer the oral debt, why shouldn't that work by, by Kiddushan? Okay? So I basically say, um, you know, say... Uh, David here is the woman I'm trying to marry. We'll call him Davida. Okay, and I say, Michael, $100 you owe me. You give it to Davida and I'm going to marry Davida. You're married to me with this $100. Okay, so with the, you know, so therefore with this debt now, the money that Michael owes you, not the money, but the debt. Okay, so what should be the problem? Michael can't be mochel. I can't be mochel. What should be the problem? So the Mar says like this. So Mar says, when does Rav say that you can transfer something if they're all three there? Honeymoon, that's when you're dealing with an object that's taken for safekeeping, that it's a physical object. I don't mill that, but to transfer a debt, lo, that can't be transferred. And it doesn't matter whether it's a debt or whether it's an object for safekeeping, it can be transferred, and therefore a woman can be married. Again, now what we've done is we've taken this debate. Yeah, the $100 for safekeeping. You're holding on to a, a physical $100. Okay? So, so, bottom line is we're saying that this debate of marrying a woman with a milva, according to almost all the explanations of the Gemara, has really nothing to do with Hilchos Kiddushin. It has to do with whether you can, how you would transfer a debt and whether those criteria were satisfied or not satisfied. Okay, now the Gemara is going to go back to this issue about Makadish Gemilve. Is this agreed upon or is this debated? So the Gemara says, Nehmekitanai. Let's go back and say that this question of Makadish Gemilve is a debate of Tanaim, since you rejected the previous case by saying it was these other discussions and marrying with a debt owed uh, that other people owed. Let's try this debate of tonight. What's the reason about Mamash Lashton? Why would it be a difference to be cut on a, in a Milva? Again, it's always easier to transfer a physical object. And then you could sort of say... So, I know, but conceptually. Okay. He's constantly Bashtar. You say to a woman, marry me with this document. Rabbi Meir Omer, Einamikodeshes, it doesn't work. Rabbi Uliezer Omer, Mikodeshes, it does work. The Chachamim Omer, I was waiting for somebody to ask this before. Shaminis and Iyar, you evaluate the cost of the piece of paper. In it's the paper. You're not, you don't marry her with the, with the debt in the paper. But you're giving her a piece of paper. And that paper is worth a pruta, Mikodeshes, Minwav Einamikodeshes. Okay, even though you didn't say you were marrying her with the value of the paper. Anyway, now what is this star? Other people owe you money, and so it's like the case we said before. Then it contradicts because before Rebbe Meir said she's mikudeshet when you marry her with a loan, other people owe you. Here Rebbe Meir says ain't a mikudeshet. Okay, so clearly we can't be alone. Other people owe you money because that would because then the positions are reversed. It must be it's her I owe you. She owes you money. And the question is, can you be Makadishar by giving her back her IOU, which is just a nice physical representation of giving her back, uh, of, you know, of, give, of, of being Makadishar Benilva, letting her keep the money she owes you. So that seems to be, that's the debate. Now we finally got it. You can't make it other people, because that was, then Rebbe Meir would have reversed himself. So we're left with saying, this is being Makadishar with, with the Milva, with the money that she owes you. So the Gemara gets out of it. Because notice it says, he's, he's Makadishar. Be and it didn't say star chov. 
So that opened the door a crack, and now let's see what the Gemara is going to do. It's going to be an amazing read of this. I'm Rav Nachman by Yitzchak. Hachem b'may askinan kigon shekidah b'shtar sheina leha'edim. It's not a shtar chov. What makes you think about a shtar chov? Because that's what we've been talking about. But when you say he's kachili b'shtar, it means what are the three ways that a woman is married? Kazishtar adia. So basically, you take out a document and you write Haray at Nikudeshet Lee. He's Kachi Lee Bishtar. Okay, who's also talking about loans? Okay, so then what's the debate? The debate is you didn't sign any witnesses to the document. Were witnesses there at the time? No, well, yes, but you didn't sign them. They were there because Kiddusha needs witnesses. But you didn't sign them to the document. Okay? Um, so why does Rav Meir say it's no good? He goes according to his reasoning. Remember by get, you need the signatures to make it a legitimate document for a get, maybe all documents, but for get and for, presumably for Kiddushin. Without signed signatures, signed witnesses, it doesn't function as a star. It's enough that the witnesses are present, so it was a good star. And they were physically, they were present and observing it. Now for Rabbanan, the rabbis who say that you got to have the piece of paper worth a pruta, they're uncertain. Which way to go? Therefore they say, look, the case which will definitely be good is, let's figure out how much the paper was worth. If it, were, if it has a pruta, it works. If not, it doesn't work. Now, here's the problem, Rashi says. I don't understand. If it doesn't have a pruta, it should be suffix mikudeshet. Because it says the rabbis didn't know which way to go, like Rabbi Elias and Rabbi Meir. So Rashi cuts out the last words. He says, if it has a pruta, she's not in the Kodeshes. If it doesn't have a pruta, it's not clear. But the other question is, why did the Gemara have to say the rabbis don't know? Let the Gemara say that the rabbis hold like Rebbe Mayer, that, if it's a, that fundamentally it's not a star, but if it has a pruta, it works as kesef. Right? It's not clear why the Gemara had to introduce the idea that the Rabbanon have a suffix. Probably because it's clear you're not trying to be Makadishur with the paper. You're trying to be Makadishur with the Harayat Mikudesh at least. So therefore, they say, well, it makes sense that we should maybe see this as Kiddush Kesef as a backup if it's possible it works anyway. Like if it definitely didn't work, we would not go by the value of the paper. But if it's possible it worked anyway, we could throw in, well, it maybe also might work as Kesef and therefore Mikudesh. So that's the Rabbana. But basically, it has nothing to do with Makadish Bamilza. It's fundamentally the case of Kidushe Star. Yes. Two questions. So one is when they say they buy a paper, they mean like, you know, I buy a packet of loose paper, how much is each one it worth? Or is it this paper just has stuff written on it? It's not worth anything anymore. Uh, yeah, no, it would only be, it would clearly be the current value in the way it's written. And then the other thing is like, exactly that. Like, you know, he's not trying to. If he I understand. So we'll get to that. Right. But you say fundamentally he wants to be Makadishur. So if any way that would work within the ways he's doing is implicit or not. But I understand that's very questionable. So that's why the Gemara presumably is combining it with a suffix that had already worked. The Ibaizema of the OTOs, right? Yeah. Right. Well, or it could have been brought in there. Anyway, the Ibaizema so now the same way before we used at least here it's a debate about Kiddushin. Right? Before we said let's bring in every debate about Mechirah Shtarchov and say that's what they're debating. But here if you're talking about Kiddushin Shtar least, we're talking about a halach of Kiddushin. So let's talk about the possible debates that exist by Kiddushin Shtar. And that's what they're debating. So one possible debate is, 
Do you need the Adim to be signed on the star? Here's another possible thing that they could be debating. Zibai Seim, if you want, I'll tell you. You wrote it, but uh, when I was writing this out, I wasn't thinking about this particular woman, you know? I was starting to go out on dates, and I figured, let me have a star kiddushin in my back pocket for when I find the right woman, okay? And I put it in my wallet, okay? And then finally, I was on a date. I said, oh, maybe this one. And then I took it out, and I said, here, let's get married right now. What? So that's the question. Do you need a star kiddushin to be written lishma? Okay? So the Gemara says, um, where were we? Star Erisin, which is a way of saying Star Kiddushin, the Harayat Mekudesh, only written on a document. Do we connect it to a get, becoming a wife and going out of the house, right? The same way by get, it says the cost of Ra, and we say that means Lishma. It has to be written with that woman in mind. Star Kiddushin also with that woman in mind. Or do we say, no, that we compare not getting to Kiddushin, but one form of Kiddushin to another form of Kiddushin. Ma via the Kesef, the same way Kiddushin with money. The money wasn't minted with her in mind, although now we're going to have $20 bills with us women in mind. Okay, but anyway, the money wasn't minted with her in mind. So therefore a star, it doesn't have to be written with her in mind. Okay, so that was, that was the issue. I mean, so Reish Lakish says it is Lishma, but maybe that's what they're debating. It was written Shalom Lishma, and they're debating whether that works or not. By Kiddushin. That was Reish Lakish's question. After Reish Lakish raised the question, he himself concluded, she goes out and she'll become Makish No, no, no. Clearly, it has to work like a star, get, like a get. And it has to be Lishma. That's what Reish Lakish concluded. Right. I understand. That's what Reish Lakish concluded. So Mar Eastlade Reish Lakish, one agrees with him. That would be Rebbe Mayer. And if it was written Shalom Lishma, it's no good. And the Chachamim disagree, or whoever it was who disagreed with Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Eliezer. Actually, that's why it worked so well to say they were debating Eide Messiah and Chasima, because it was the exact same Rebbe Meir and Rebbe Eliezer. So one way of framing the debate is it's the classic Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Eliezer debate, Eide Messiah and Chasima, which is exactly the two that are debating about this Makadish Peshtar. The other way is it's another debate. Rebbe Meir requires, uh, requires Lishma, and Rebbe Eliezer does not require Lishma. Okay. The Ebay saying, but the Cholayam is with Reish Lakish. Like, you know what? I could say everybody agrees with Reish Lakish. You need Lishma. So there are Adam written in the document. It's the document is written Lishma. What's left to be debated? The following thing. You wrote it with her in mind, but without her awareness. So here I am. I'm dating this woman, and I'm hoping she's going to marry me, but I haven't proposed yet. So I'm going to write Harayat Mikudesh that's with her specifically in mind, but she has no idea. Like, it's going to be three months down before I pop the question, okay? So does that work, okay? Lishma v'shalom What? All right, well, let's take a look. Okay. The Pluxa, the Rava Ravina of Rapapa Rav Sharvaya Kamifugi. And it's this debate of Amorayim. The Itmar was said. It was written with her in mind, but without her awareness. Rava Ravina Amar Mikudash says it works. Rapapa Rav Sharvaya Amri Ain Mikudash says it doesn't work. So, Nema Kahani Tanai. 
Now, let's say that this debate is like the following debate. Okay? I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. No, no. Period. That's the end. So, what is the debate about? So, the Gemara here doesn't say, but elsewhere the Gemara says the debate is the following. The most obvious thing to say is what Michael said. It's like a get. A get doesn't have to be written with her knowledge. This doesn't have to be written with her knowledge. But there's two differences. The first most obvious difference is the get is a one-sided transaction. It's against her will. She's completely passive. So that, I'm the person totally in control. She doesn't have to be aware and part of the process. Kedushin, she is, has to say yes and she has to be part of the process. Maybe the writing has to be with her effectively, you know, brought into the process. The thing that the Gemara says to make it even stronger, it is that idea, but even stronger, is who is the seller? Okay? This, actually, this makes the star Kedushin very strange. When I sell you my plot of land, right, who writes the star? The seller or the buyer? The seller. Sedim Chura Okay? So when the woman gets married to the man, if the man is giving money, and you're looking at it in the Kenyan model, who's the seller? The woman. She's selling herself to the man. So she should be the one. She should write, write the one, Anim Mikudeshet Lecha. Right? She should be the one. But no, because he's the active party. He writes, Harayat Mikudeshet Lee. But she's still the seller even though he's writing the star. So because she's the seller, and a classic definition of a star is star makne, a star written by the authority of the one who is obligating himself for selling or so on, so therefore she has to be part of the process. Not just because she's going to have to say yes, but because in some ways she might even really be the Baal HaStar. Okay, which is a very interesting thing when you put those two models together. To get, with, and with the sense of him controlling everything, on the other hand, the sense that she's the seller. Okay, so that's so the debate. So then, so then, but the money also, you say I'm going to give you the money you can tell that before too I'm no no any transaction is you give me money and I take the money and I'm selling you my field you give me money and I'm marrying no, myself you say that she has to know in advance it's going to no. star no 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 but a halacha is that the star is only a good star if written under the authority of the seller that's the halacha okay what slave too wouldn't write his own star would he correct but a slave is in well, you're in a star of sale. Yeah, yeah but uh, I, I can't process that right now. It's a good question. Okay, anyway. So the Gemara says like this. Okay, anyway, so the, that right that was not debating Mekadish with Milva. We have one case where they were debating Mekadish with money owed, somebody else owes me. We have another case of debating marrying a woman with a star kiddushin and some, what's required of a star kiddushin. But we have yet to pin down this idea of Rav of Mekadish with Milva into a debate of Tanayim. But we're not giving up. Name a Kehani tonight. Maybe it's like these tonight. The time you're talking about Brisa. You, you say to a, um, you, the woman says to a man, you know what? You, this guy's a, jewel, a jeweler. Make for me some earrings and rings and whatever. And here's some, here's some gold, here's some silver. Fashion these into some rings and jewelry. And with this service that you're doing for me, I'll be married to you. Okay? I got the scenario? Okay, great. And then he gives her the rings back, but it was her gold. Has he given her anything? Yeah, so he's given her the service. Yeah, okay. It's worth more now. Well, ah, so that's interesting. But that's an interesting question of who owes the... Maybe, maybe the original owner owns the incre- automatically gets the increase in value. When you go ahead and you work on my house and my house goes up $100,000, you don't owe, own that increase in value. You just owe the value of, you know, the, the contract, the value of your labor. Okay? So basically, what this guy is given is he's given the labor. But do we look at it that he's giving her 
the labor, or do we look at it as, um, I owe you $100 for the labor, and I'm being mechanic you, you know, excuse me, you owe, how do I write? I owe you 100 I, the woman, right, owe you $100 for the labor, and therefore, by you giving me the $100 back, you're being mechanic me. So that's mechanic the meal then. Right. Well, we did. All we said is, do this for me, and then I'll agree to be married to you. Okay, that's what the woman says. He doesn't say that. I'm mechanic you with the value, right? He's not saying anything here. No. So that's the question. What's going on? Okay, let's take a look. She says, do this service for me and then I'll be married to you. Okay? So, once you make the rings and presumably hand them over, she's Mikudeshes. That's what says. She's not Mikudeshes until the money goes into her hands. So, what money are we talking about that's going into her hands? The rings, like the money that, you know, the, the, the precious things that were given over and out, the objects themselves. So does that mean when the Tanakhama says she is Mukudeshes, it's before he gave her back the rings? So so what's he marrying her with? Meaning he hasn't even completed his service until he finishes the job and gives it over. So there's nothing yet to marry her. There's no money owed for the service. Like nothing. The assumption is not. I understand. Let's just read. Okay, the assumption is that there would not yet be any services rendered until the thing is done and handed back over. Okay, but what it must mean is that the Chamim are saying is this service doesn't count and if you want to marry her give her some other money but anything you did here doesn't work okay so what's the issue presumably really all that's here is that she performed a service so she owes him money and then he's saying keep, keep the money so that's Makadish Vemilda um, so the Gemara says but reading it that way presumes and now the Gemara is already telling you how this is not the only way to read it. To read it that it's Mekadish Milva presumes that, that everybody agrees that the debt is incurred from beginning to end and therefore it is a loan. Which means what? Okay, Michael comes to work on my house or on my rings or on my car Okay, and rather than paying him for the job which we'll see in a minute would be a different story I'm going to pay him hourly. Okay, and I agree to pay him $10 an hour but it's payable okay, when the job is done. Okay, and then the job is done after 10 hours of service. So what's the story? Until that last minute, I owe him zero. And at that last minute, I owe him $100. Or is it every, you know, hour, I owe him another $10, but I don't have to start pay until he's done with the job. So that's the question of does the debt that starts being incurred for the services rendered start from the very beginning or only the debt only comes at the end? So how is it different? If the debt is incurred every minute along the way, okay, so then when the job is done, now all that's left is I owe you 100, you know, is, is, is debts that were incurred in the past, right? So the guy can't be giving her his service Right? To serve, you know, he, all that happened was that by doing the service, it incurred a debt, and now she owes him money. All he can do is say, keep the money you owe me. But if nothing is, there's no debt, there's no obligation until the end, so now that the guy is finished, he says, I am giving you my service. 
Meaning, rather than having this become a debt, forget the debt. Just, just my service is a gift to you, right? So that's not mekadesh b'milza. You understand? Is that yeah, clear? Yeah, because okay. The, because the service is now completed at the end of it. Right. So, got but, so rather than saying this is right, so what he's giving her now is not that now she owes a hundred dollars and he says forget it, right. right? Because nothing was owed until this last minute, and at this last minute he says. Just keep the service. The service is my gift to you. Okay? So that's, whereas if, what? We don't see him saying anything. I understand. So the servant is not what he's saying. It's how do we interpret what's happening here. All she does is she says, do this and I'll be Makudish to you. He says, fine. And he does it. So do it. So what's happening? If the debt was being incurred along the way, then the only thing that's happening he could be doing is giving, is being mochel the debt or giving her back the money. Okay? But otherwise, he's giving her the service. That's the question. Okay? So he says, whoa, now you've opened up the door to have different interpretations. Rather than saying that everybody says it's a debt, and the question is, there's other ways of saying it. Everybody's going to say it doesn't work if it's a milvah. The question is, whether the debt starts being incurred from the beginning of the service or only at the end. The obligation only comes at the end, so it's not really a debt. It's what he's really saying is, you don't owe me any money. Okay, no, I did it, and you don't owe me money. It might serve was my gift and therefore it works okay no the debt was uh, was accruing all along and therefore what he's giving her now is he's giving her back the debt and therefore it doesn't work the Ibai Seima I'm going to have no questions until we get to the Mishnah okay we have five minutes the everybody says it's from beginning to end which means that there is a debt and you can't marry with a milza so what's what are you left with the hacha the question that Michael was saying I'm not paying by the hour I'm paying for the job okay so I say Michael take my car and fix the carburetor and we've agreed on non-hourly things $200 for the job okay so Michael does the job before I paid him the $200 there's two ways of looking at it I just owe him uh, my car is now worth more and I owe him $200 that's probably the natural way of looking at it but the other way of looking at it is because he made the improvement in the car and he wasn't being paid hourly right where it would be sort of seen essentially as him being my like sort of my labor as it were it's more he takes possession of it and makes the improvement he's being paid for the job he actually now owns the increased value of the car he just has to now sell it to me for the $200 we agreed on but if he don't, I don't pay him the $200 he now has a $200 stake or maybe what's worth more the car maybe has now improved $400 he has that that per stake in my car I mean you see the car is maybe not as good an example you certainly see it like in like home improvements or like the ring right where the amount of labor that went in in, the amount I'm paying is less than the increased value of the object. Okay? So, So actually, the jeweler now owns a piece of the ring. And then he's just agreed to sell it back to her, essentially, for the $200 they agreed on. So he says, you know what? Don't give me the $200. Take the ring. Take the full new value. So the ownership I have, I have a partial ownership now in that ring. I'm giving over the ring to you. Okay? And now she becomes a full owner of the ring. Okay, so that she's really Makadisha with something concrete. Okay, Markon Umakona Bishakli. 
No, he doesn't own any piece of the ring, and all he has is the money owed to him, and that would be Makadish Bimilva. Okay, so that's another way of interpreting it. The Ebay saying, if you want, you can say, He doesn't own a piece of the ring. And the debt is being accrued from the beginning. So it's a debt. Okay? And you can't be Makadish Bimilva, because the Gemara notice is trying to make it that everybody agrees with Rav, that Makadish Bimilva in Makadesh. So everybody agrees it's a debt. You can't be Megayi Smilova. It's not a case of paying for the job, and it's not a case, and even if it were, the Uman doesn't own any piece of the ring, so what is possible to be Makadisher with? The Hacha Bimayaskina, what are you talking about? Well, he did is he said, You gave me a piece of gold, but I loved you so much, I would, and I put in a little precious stone of my own. Okay? I made my own little addition to this ring, not what we contracted about. Okay? So I can't be Makadish you with the money you owe me. I can't be Makadish you with the value of the ring because of the improvements I made that you were paid for. But can I be Makadish you with this extra little, you know, amethyst or whatever that I added to the ring, which you didn't ask for? Okay? The Marsavar, Malva Upruta Daite Apruta, that basically, when he's giving it everything to her, he's giving her back the $200 that she owes him and this extra little $10 addition. So do we say in that case, it's sort of like the case of the value of the star, that fundamentally, the way it's thought about is he's trying to be Makadishar with the bigger amount, with the $200. And that little $10 addition he made is trivial and that can't work as Kesef Kiddushin. Okay? So, so Marsav, or not, Marsav or Milva Pruta Daitya Pruta, no, she could still be focusing on or halakhically will say that it's, it's significant this concrete little pruta that he added to it and that is and that does work as Kesef Kiddushin Umar Savar no fundamentally it's about the bigger amount the other stuff is trivial and therefore she's not Mikudajit even though he gave her this little five dollar amethyst okay and that debate about Milva and Pruta which we've referred to before fits into this following debate Tatani we talk about some. If somebody says, marry me with the money you owe me for the labor I performed, okay, that's like Makadish Pumilva, it doesn't work. With the, for, for pay me with the money you owe me for the service I will perform, Mikudesha. That does work. That's sort of like what we just talked about. Even that doesn't work. Certainly the labor I've already performed, which is a milza. You know what, in fact, they've said, whether the money you owe me or whether the money you will owe me for service to be performed, like Rabbi Nelson says, both of those don't work. However, if he adds a little thing of his own, then it does work. So this is exactly how we framed it. And now the Gemara is going to explain. What's the debate about everybody says you can't marry her based on the money already owed? That's Makai's Bemilza. What's the debate of can you marry her with the service to be performed? That's the question of is Chiris Mitzchilaviatsov? And that even when it, even though you're talking about it before performing it, by the time it's done, it just becomes a debt and it's Makai's Bemilza. 
Or did we say it means when you're done, you're giving her the schiras. You're giving her the service. It never became a debt. You're giving her the service. That's that debate. Okay, Ben Rebbe Nassim, the Rebbe Nassim, and how about the issue about when you add a little thing to it, which wasn't paid for? When there's a big loan and you're giving a pruta, that no, that's fundamentally it's about the loan that you're trying and that doesn't work, so she's Ainam Kudeshes. No, because there's also a pruta that also works and because there's a little thing that is actually new that's being given, that's Kezef Kiddush. And to some degree, it's a little bit like the star does the piece of paper work. But here it's different because the piece of paper, the value of the paper for the star is less likely to work because fundamentally, you're, you're thinking about, uh, you know, about it as, I don't know, as a star Kiddush. You know, no, you know, no, and this is a completely unrelated issue. Here it's a big package, and although this is a tiny piece of the big package, it's still all value that is being given to her. Okay, so that's the debate, and the Gemara concludes, Makadish Bemilva, Eina Mikudeshet. Even though it seems like a debate at the time, we got everybody to agree that it was Eina Mikudeshet, and that is the way that we rule. <laughs>